Hello and welcome to Tech Bits, a podcast from Atama, transformational technology for the modern workplace. I'm James Dancer, Group Technical Director, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about AR and VR, as well we have Jason Bradbury here. Uh, check out our other podcast with him to see what he was actually supposed to be talking about. Um, how can we not talk about the topic? So um, we don't really have a brief or a script for this, so I just wanted to kick off by mentioning, Jason, that you're doing a PhD in VR, right? Yeah, so, so I'm doing a PhD on my computer. I'm not doing it in VR, if that makes sense. That would be good. good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I'm I'm uh, studying um, at the moment. I'm I'm kind of looking at empathy within a VR context and uh, with uh, in the context of design. So, you know, the notion that within the next sort of ten or twenty years, more design work will be done uh, in the unphysical world. Unphysical. The than, than it is in in reality. So, right. okay. so and because I work as a visiting lecturer in the design department at the University of Lincoln, obviously my PhD is design focused. So, mm-hmm. what is designing for uh, unreality like? What are the challenges for the designer? What does it look like? How do we design empathetic environments? Uh, and, and how do we move? How do we communicate with each other? And uh, so you can see there's some really interesting stuff there. Mm. I'll tell you what I saw once, which um, I, I might actually try and re, literally, I'm being serious, build myself as part of the PhD because I, there's, a, a, there's a practical component to the PhD that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, PhDs don't have to be just purely academic. They, they have to, the, the main component is academic, but you can uh, substitute part of your final PhD thesis with uh, either... A curated, uh, you know, if you like, a an, an event or a um, an exhibit, mm. or you can build practical. I mean, obviously, you can build uh, practical prototypes because PhDs in engineering, for mm. example, need to have that. And um, I'd quite like to replicate or explore something that's so bonkers. I'm I'm not actually sure that it actually happened. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm I'm wondering what this is. Go so on. I went to see. I went to no, it wasn't CS. It was. Um, it was called Next Fest. Okay. Next Fest. Yeah, and it okay. was in Chicago, and it was organized by organized by Wired magazine at that mm-hmm. time. To get Wired magazine at that time, I was a journalist, a tech journalist, doing um, stuff for various future publishing magazines about computers and gaming and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was, uh, it was Wired magazine. You you could only get it really uh, from America. You had to import it. There was various news agents in London that could get it for you. Um, so it wasn't the uh, the very popular publication and website that it is now, but they did a live event. And at this live event, effectively, what I experienced was a, was three or four paving slabs on the floor, right? Big thick sort of pizza boxes, right, made out of metal. You're gonna you right now. You're thinking, where, where is, is it? I'm about to tune you in. You're gonna no love idea. it. Okay. Hey. I stood on the first one, and I decided I wanted to move forward. So the paving slab under my let's say my left uh. foot moves backwards. The the, um, the paving slab in front of it moves uh, sorry moves yeah backwards the the um, paving slab in front of it also comes towards me and I now step onto the second paving slab right. and basically I walk freely but behind me yeah the paving slab that's now free shoots across the floor and comes to the in front of me again okay wow and the process I'm gonna I'm you know I've built this image up that I was able to freely walk on these robotic yeah. paving slabs well this is probably this is probably 15 years ago. Okay. Wow. Okay. And drones weren't a thing then. Yeah. Well, if you add drone technology to that and their amazing ability to 
understand their own position mm-hmm. relative to each other in three-dimensional space um, and innovations in, in you know, electric engines and batteries and power output, then you could probably make something similar now that would enable me not to sort of very slowly walk in one line, one mm. direction, which is what I did back then, mm-hmm. but maybe just change direction and just walk freely. Yeah. You then had a VI helmet, which again back then d- didn't exist. I mean, Oculus hadn't. I'm pretty confident that the SDK1, the first Oculus that I owned, didn't exist back then, mm. uh, let alone the freedom of a tetherless Oculus Quest that is now a reality. Imagine putting that on your head and being able to walk in a very small space, no bigger than the table that we're sat at, mm. and be able to run and sprint. And, oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I mean, there are huge social, um, <laughs> what's the word, um, health and safety considerations. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, you can have a health point of view as well. I mean, oh, if, if, if jogging you through could the, just do jogging through or you the outback could do or up a mountain. Yeah. Or, 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 I don't know about up a mountain. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I could, would probably actually do exercise in that scenario. <laughs> no, come on, come on. Actually, they could, you could, they could tough lift. Tough mudder. No, they could have yeah, tough difficult. mudder in, in your front room. They could lift, so you could actually go up an incline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's so quite, well, there would be a point at which you couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> well, as far as your legs would go. I mean, but then again, the AI would have to measure you up and know what you're capable of and where you're at. So on a, on a random topic, so we're talking about combining the physical world with VR and or AR. Well, like AR is kind of combining the physical world with it. But um, have any of you guys been to Tivoli Park in Copenhagen before? Yeah, I have actually. But you, I, know, you know what I'm going to well, talk about okay, now, right? My, kids, my, my wife and kids went in and I actually yeah. ended up editing in a cafe nearby. But I've been to the beautiful... Do you old, know which roller coaster school. I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, the old wooden one. No, no. So they've got these. They've got these really old. The, the it's called the roller coaster, and the kind of the myth is that that's where the name came from. So it's really, really old. The whole park apparently is where the inspiration for um, Disneyland. for Disneyland came yeah. from, right? So you walk around, you see all this really old stuff, and they've got this roller coaster at the end of it. I can't remember what the name is, but it's it's a dragon thing, and there were two queues when I was I was there, and I was like, okay, here's the normal roller coaster, here's the VR roller coaster. And I was like, okay, this sounds... I'm going to go... I don't know what it is, but it says VR on it and roller coaster, so I'm going to go there. Wow, in Tivoli Gardens? Yeah. Wow. So I was thinking that um, what happened is you kind of go in one of those cart things and it tilts you around and everything. No. You go on the roller coaster and they strap an Oculus Rift to your face. Whoa. So while you're going around the roller coaster, you're you're experiencing a completely different world. So it's not like on, on, um, you know, the PlayStation VR stuff where you've got the headset on and you've got the roller coaster, but you're sitting on your sofa... You are experiencing motion. The, the full and, G-force and everything. Yeah, and they've synced the um, the VR experience. They've got all these different uh, motion calibration things around the roller coaster as well, so that it knows where you are, so it can make sure it doesn't make you throw up because it keeps everything in sync. Mm. So the VR experience is you're basically being attacked by this dragon thing, but you're experiencing the motion of the roller coaster. Brilliant. And I think that's a, an amazing application. Well, of I, I mentioned empathy that's outrageous. At, the, at the beginning, yeah. and, and, and that's inspired by a number of really special... Uh, meaningful VR experiences I've had. Um, I mean, have you ever have you ever tried something called traveling while black? No. Verify that, please. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's won several awards, and simply speaking, you place a helmet on. Yeah. And you're taken through a whole sort of historical narrative curve, but effectively, you end up sitting on the back of a segregated bus. In what I'm guessing is the 1960s. Oh, really? It actually was what I thought it was. It is. Wow, this is, this okay. is the beauty of, of what they just say it like it is. Oh, no, wow. Okay. And yeah. um, 
and you're sitting in a, in a in a cafe that was a cafe that you were allowed to go to in the uh, the sixties. Wow! Um, and they're interviewing people that went to that cafe, and they might be sat at the bar, and then she might be talking yeah. about how she went on a bus, and then you, and then suddenly the mirror that you're sat next to in this kind of greasy spoon cafe in New York, yeah, or it wasn't New York actually, it might have been Washington or Chicago. The mirror then changes into the window of a train. And she's talking about, or he's talking about the experience of being on a train yeah. in the days mm-hmm. of segregation. And there's a young, uh, a young version of himself you can see reflected in the mirror of the train. And mm. it's, wow. it's just beautiful how temporally and spatially mm. this title about a very worthy subject, a very important yeah, subject, yeah, yeah. Um, elicits empathy by sheer virtue of its of, of the space that it enables yeah. you to inhabit. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's totally. walking a mile in someone's shoes looking through their eyes it is the same thing but the thing is if you walked a mile in someone's shoes you would yeah. only get that linear yeah. experience what what vr and ultimately ar which i guess we're going to get to in a minute mm-hmm. enable you to do is you can go non-linear so you can go into their shoes and then those mm-hmm. shoes can change and, and you can drop and you can turn around and you're in a different location a yeah. different time and space i mean yeah. this is this is it so there's a quote you'll know this quote it's an arthur c clark quote so if anyone watching or listening arthur c clark is very famous um <laughs> Uh, science fiction author and the quote uh, was um, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic yes yeah and and you know we will literally we will walk the planet like gods yeah technology will have become invisible because Mm -hmm. when you exponentially half in size every 18 months two years whatever it really is uh, and assuming that you get over the singularity of classical computing and you move to something new and you we keep getting smaller Mm then physically technology won't really exist in a meaningful sense for us because we won't be able to see it, right? And what we'll have are these incredible services, these augmented digital assets Mm. in the real world, and it will literally be like being Harry Potter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you don't see the technology involved to get whatever it is you're trying to do. It will happen because that's the way it's been conditioned to react to you. So I think that's a a nice segue into talking about AR because we've sort of spoken a bit about VR now, but just quickly... You Google that roller coaster. I did Google the roller coaster. <laughs> so I can see his Google images on yeah, that. I love that. It's amazing. I think it's That's fascinating. Amazing. I totally, yeah, I want to totally go, go back there and do it. It's a reason um, to go, definitely. So, from an AR perspective, I think there's there's potential applications in business as well as consumer, but in business that I just don't like. We were talking earlier before we started recording about the frustration of we're kind of nearly there, but we're not quite there yeah. yet. So, Google Glass a few years ago was a pretty amazing experiment, if you like. It was okay. It was a product you could buy. And, you know, walking around London, I saw people with, you know, with Google Glass on. But if you think about once that kind of technology becomes mainstream, which it will do, I think it's obvious, you know, it's obvious to say it will, um, the kind of applications that you can have in a business environment versus what we've got right now, we've got all these kind of wonderful devices and they do nice stuff. But um, I say this because I have a friend that works for... um, a large car company, I was going to say it then, but I won't say it, a large car company, and he designs engine parts. And they've had this tech for years, you've probably seen it, where they go into a room with these sort of glasses with balls on, and they can basically draw a part that will fit in an engine, yeah. and then put it in an engine and run a simulation to see if it works, and then kind of move around and look around like that. And that system costs millions of pounds to put in. Well, and, and, like, I rec- yeah, and I recently saw the equivalent in dentistry at a big dentistry conference that yeah, I was okay. doing a, a, a keynote at. And they had done a and they did it in real time. Yeah, an interior scan of someone's mouth. They then chose 
whatever it was, let's say dentures or whatever it was that they were going to put into the mouth, mm-hmm. implants, and they were able to hold up an iPad mm-hmm. and, and show that implant inside their, the person's mouth. That's in, just amazing. And in, in real time. But, but the training, so you talk about training using yeah. uh, AR and VR to train. So again, not mentioning a, a global uh, a retailer, so they've been training all their customer-facing staff around um, handling um, violence in, in their shops, i.e. someone wow. attack, attacking a, a member of staff, how yeah. they deal with it, and how does it feel? Yeah, mm. because ultimately, hopefully none of us will be in that position, but uh, again, how do you deal with it in the emotion and whilst you're in there? So yeah. they're, they're using uh, uh, sort of VR and AR as, as a concept to, to train their staff to be in the real-time being uh, the feeling of being attacked, mm. how you deal with it, mm. how emotionally you deal with that. You know, okay, I'm very vague because I, you know, lim- limited about this, but it, it sort of knocked me off my seat when someone was talking about they're delivering this globally mm. to all employees where yeah. that would have been in a classroom where you sit there listening, watch a nice video yeah. of someone going, this is someone attacking, this yeah. is how you may feel. Yeah. If you feel like this, we're well, going to talk to HR and have a lot of nice rest of the day. Yeah. What they're doing now is actually putting their staff in there and seeing how they react. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, another wow. one I, I, I read about similar to that actually a while ago was this is an AR thing. And I think this was originally with Google Glass that they were trialing this. Um, I can't remember what they're using now anyway, but it's an events company. And the problem they had to solve is that their staff had to be involved in medical emergencies, like at the drop of a hat, and you can train them as much as you like, but some things you encounter at a large event where there's tons of people, you kind of need help with, right? So they were walking around with AR glasses on their on their faces as this test, and when someone was in a particular like position or condition or something like that, had an accident, they would be connected to an emergency services um, line, like a, a representative, who would talk them through it, yeah. but not only talk them through it, but send them videos to, to or animations in front of their eyes so they could see how to do chest compressions or, you know, there's a, a recordable thump or whatever the, mm. you know, the really aggressive one is. So you would do it properly. So you, you can see, the other person can see what's going on remotely because there's a camera in the in the glasses and the person that is wearing them can then see what they're supposed to do and while that's quite an extreme example that can be applied to things like manufacturing like mm. if you're working on an engine or if you're working in say that actually yeah yeah like um the aerospace industry like or getting safe practices in front, yeah anything yeah, when, yeah. when using uh, robotic machinery and hazardous you know ha- hazardous machinery yeah but it's interesting it's where you you know but sorry there's a there are there are safe zones safe colors where you can put your hands and, and, and the red colors yeah you don't put any limb near it yeah <laughs> for example the thing i think is interesting is is we're, we're unless you mix that with a game <laughs> and you think red, oh red, it's red a game it's all right it's only a game <laughs> yeah, chop simulator. <laughs> the thing that's interesting we're talking about this in a visual and also uh, an empathic sense but also there's the tactile sense you were saying that um you know how can somebody design something if they can't feel or touch it? But that's actually a step I'm sure I've seen. I'm sure you can tell me because I'm not making this up. There are gloves that oh, can haptics. be worn. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that so. you can you can actually feel like you're holding something. You can feel the, the, the texture yeah. of something. And I'm sure I've seen, again, really poor, I should look this up properly, but I've sort of seen somebody doing remote open heart surgery. Yeah. Um, with augmented reality but you can and feel haptics what's going on. On, yeah. on, on, on the fingers and, and everything that they're doing there. But you talk about that, I, again, so this is quite actually, when you start thinking about it, yeah. I, I, I read something where um, there was a surgeon in New York who was the, the surgeon in Europe, and I can't remember which country, were op- doing op- the operation. Yeah. This guy knew it was the top, top of his class, and he was literally directing the surgeon 
in Europe to do the operation via mm. using that reality because um, ultimately the surgeon's good enough, but he's not got the expertise in. I can't, I can't remember. It was to do with the heart, but I can't remember yeah, yeah. what element of it. Look, and it was just it's quite, it's quite spooky. But also going back to your bit about the the, the first aid piece. Yeah. Imagine you as, as a first aider. Um, so you've you've never experienced the situation you're in. And you and you can you got you like can a big call, puncture you, wound you or can, something. You can you say I, I'm, I'm I call up this. I can look at diagrams. I can look or have you. But also having someone else saying, have you seen, have you done not have you done that? To look to your left, can you see that? Yeah, right. And talk them through that and mm, actually yeah. visualize it. Also, bear in mind that's a heart rate sensor. Yeah. It can detect things like atrial fibrillation. So you could technically shove one of those on someone's wrist as well and send and remote add, data. Add to this and chuck it on the old exponential train racing into the future, <laughs> racing up into the future. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the fact that um, AI will predict a lot of this. Yeah. So, mm. so the person that you're talking about that helping you through this emergency situation will more than likely not be a person. Yeah. It will be an intuitive AI. Um, I was going to say, the, you know, deep fakes get bad yeah. press, yeah. right? It's for amazing all, technology. For all the right reasons. But let's say, for example, I mean, this is a bit spooky as an idea, right? I'm convinced that I'll probably have a conversation with my uh, dead father at some point mm -hmm. in the future. Okay. And I think that will become a thing. And I'm not being silly or disrespectful. How, how will that become a thing? Be because cool, <clears throat> because be <laughs> a few things within the context of deep fake, it's going to become possible yeah. to synthesize anyone mm -hmm. realistically and in a way that is emotionally engaging. And if there is ever a use for that, and I'm mm. sure that people may react to this, but please treat me kindly in your comments. I'm just posi <laughs> positing an idea in this age where no one can say anything without someone getting really angry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But there's, there is probably, I'm not a psychologist, there's probably an argument for being able to engage verbally with someone that you're, um, uh, in that you're uh, grieving over. What is the book? I, there was a book I read about okay, this. It's so, a fascinating topic. Yeah, and I so in that same context, yeah. right? So, so obviously that process at the moment, in its in its first initial stages of development, it gets you know Trump, Trump kind of and synthesized versions of Obama are getting all the headlines, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and it's probably easier to synthesize someone that you can study, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, I may as well use my own father because otherwise it would be churlish of me because that's the closest example to me. Yeah. But I would, ha I would have to uh, supply photographs and, uh, and there's no video of my dad, yeah. bless it, God bless him. But um, it, would be, it would be fascinating to, mm. to, I think it's certainly, it's a fascinating academic area of study. Mm. You can see I'm getting a bit nervous about, I wouldn't want to offend anyone on this because it's a very sensitive topic, right? But if you apply that to a, an important uh, workplace or educational user case scenario, we could potentially have Einstein explaining mm. relativity Doing the physics lessons. to 12-year-olds. And mm. they can ask questions and yeah. get yeah. answers. That's, that's right. the really cool thing. Yeah. Like, and and I so, uh, I mean, isn't that an amazing concept? Have yeah. you seen something called the double? No. It's, no. it's a, it's ever so simple really. It's an iPad on a stick, right. on a sort of gyroscope stabilized. Sounds like a Big Bang Theory episode. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit Big Bang Theory. In fact, I think you mm. might have actually identified an actual use case of that. that I think it was in an episode. Yeah, a remote proxy, wasn't it? As a, um, yeah. So I've got one of these double things and I, I, I as it, just because it was fun to do so, yeah. um, I could pretend that I couldn't make the lecture in Lincoln from London, but I probably <laughs> could have done. But I couriered my double up to Lincoln. You're now yeah. getting where, why they call it the double, right? Yeah. Right. 
and I sat in front of one iPad, was linked to the the iPad on the double by mm. the internet, and I was able to drive it around the lecture theatre. I can remember now it was computer science students in Lincoln, mm. and I, I was raising or lowering the height of the iPad on the robot. Remotely, That's amazing. Uh, based on whether I was talking to someone on the front row or someone sort of midway up the up in the bleachers, whatever you call it. Um, so <clears throat> that's where we are at the moment. And yeah. that's a kind of quite funny kind of physical rudimentary version of, of this augmented reality uh, celebrity teacher or historic figure yeah. of the future. Well, it's not a giant leap from something like that. And you take the innovations that, like, say, Boston Dynamics are doing with robotics. And we've got a colleague <clears throat> who's really into robotics and that kind of thing. It's not a massive it's literally leap, really. what he does for fun at home. Yeah. Like, his, his house is like one of those films where you open the door and there's like a million little robots running around doing various things. Just like in Blade Runner. In like, yeah, Blade Runner. I just okay, think that <laughs> Boston Dynamics, need, they all need to stop kicking robots because yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's not going to go well. There's only so much they're going to take. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does that mean ultimately it'll be some kind of abuse when they gain sentience? Oh, well, there we go. There's That's a really deep field. discussion we could yeah. go into, actually. But Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, just, go on, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, if, if you start marrying up technologies, and that's where the, the kind of like the magic glue kind of happens, I suppose, to some extent, where you take something like augmented reality and visuals and haptics, and then you've got robotics, and then you've got all the technology that kind of makes it happen. We don't know how that happens. And we were talking just now about um, uh, side Car. Sidecar. We were talking side, about sidecar. Sidekick. Yeah, yeah, sidecar. Sidecar really. on iPads is yeah. really cool because it enables you to work on two devices and swap between one and the other. Wirelessly. It, wirelessly. Very cool. No wireless strings display. attached. All that kind of uh, jargon. But Apart from the charging cable. Well, yeah, you could do it, you could do it without the charging cable. Is <laughs> yes, the, is the you point. Could, yes, you, you can, can do it. Yes, you yes. Wave your hand between the two devices, just like a magician. Yeah. To your point, I guess. Um, and the technology that's supporting that is not small there's a huge amount of software development and hardware development there's wi-fi technology there's processing yeah yeah sides of things and it's just zero latency you were saying yeah or, or, it's or, zero discernible latency yeah anyway. you probably won't want a game on it but you can have it for second monitor stuff but we're yeah. talking you're talking about this it is more real than it's ever been yeah yeah we right. talk about earlier about the the this was more powerful than the computer that took the and first thousand times yeah, yeah. yeah. Apollo. So yeah apollo to the moon <laughs> So some of the things we're talking about here are going to be here, not in our lifetime, in the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And the one I think is about regards to um, being able to uh, talk back with your father, that, that, that's just a power for me personally. That's like, I, I, mean, I, I would invest in that. I because, would. Yeah, I'm pleased because I yeah. wondered if I was saying something weird. No, 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 but not at all. I, it, it actually makes me feel a little emotional Emotionally, even yeah. thinking about yeah. the idea that I could have a wonderful chat with an AI-enhanced AI virtual version of my dad and say things that I've, I wished I'd said and things like that and chat about granddad and you know um, I, I, I think it's a wonderful idea I think I'm, it's a beautiful I'm actually concept. quite like that now even though my, my dad's still alive at least a deep fake <laughs> yeah. probably wouldn't I'd ask me to have a you. fake no, version no, of him you could, you could <laughs> make, just agree with me <laughs> you could make sure a deep fake wouldn't ask me how to fix his computer five times every conversation oh, so like, are, you tech, are we all tech supporting our oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely we're all tech support my mind is James <laughs> Great, thanks. I want a virtual jewels as well now. <laughs> be a lot virtual easier. everything. But yeah. Interesting, we're talking about when technology happens and your exponential curve um, a definition there. I um, was reading about how for space missions, going into space, it's a very exciting time. You look at SpaceX and all the other stuff that's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. It literally is a space race now, isn't it? Properly. Literally. Right. It, I mean, 
each month they'll say, oh, we did this and we found this work better, so we're going to do this. <laughs> no, exactly. Okay, so stainless steel then. Who knew? So we're going to have shiny rocket ships, which is great. Oh, what's it called? Starship? Yeah, Starship, Starship yeah, 1, is it? Super, super exciting times. Yeah. But um, one of well, the things... Starship, Starship, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. One of the things that, that uh, came out of it is that in space missions, you, you can't get away from things taking a long time to get to. Yeah. So they put a 50-year stopgap on anything. If it's going to be happening in 50 years' time, we're not going to do that because... By the time the technology has progressed in 50 years, there'll be a more efficient way of doing that. Of course. So yeah. if we can't do it within the next 10 years, we don't bother doing it at all. And that's a whole one kind of like concentrating of minds of like, okay, well, let's focus on doing this thing. And guess what happens? The exponential curve gets steeper because everybody's focused on one particular area. Yeah. And so just so... I think we could talk about space and robots and all that kind of stuff forever because that's so such we need to talk business. Interesting. <laughs> no, no, I, I just think I wanted to circle back to a thing that you was, you talked about earlier and when we moved on is haptics. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like the missing piece to the puzzle for like VR especially. It is, and it, it gets a bit fudgy and a bit sweaty, doesn't does it? it? Yeah, I think... It does, though, don't we? We've all, we've all been to paintball <laughs> and tried on the, the cheesy gear that you put on. Uh, I think... Which I is yeah. the last user. Yeah. If we're talking about... Um, like gaming we mentioned earlier and it's an interesting topic right is the um in fact that vr experience that i mentioned to you earlier that's in in london so you, you go into a room with a bunch of mates you stick some stick a headset on you stick a headset on and you do an experience part of the experience is they give you a haptic body pack so if you're doing anything that is like shooting or whatever you can feel like pressure yeah. in various parts of your body and the reason that's really useful is not just because, okay, it's quite fun. It's like paintball without having to worry about paint or bruises or anything afterwards. But it gives you a sense of consequence as to what you're doing. Yeah. So in a virtual environment, part of the potential issue, if it's not a game, is that you just you have no sense of consequence. You can just do whatever you want. Like that yeah. whole put your hand into the red bit of a machine because that's AI I really shouldn't do that. But if you actually have some some feedback, like some physical feedback, yeah, that's really that's a really good point. And my, my point about sweaty paintball outfits and masks, <laughs> what I'm getting at is there is a physical barrier there. Yeah. It obviously, doesn't exist in the other than the wearing of helmets, yeah. AR glasses, and making them comfortable and having them light enough, but with enough battery performance to last for 24 so you don't hours get between the big charges. Thing yeah. around your eyes. You know what yeah. I mean? Apart from those, there are no physical barriers, and, and maybe. Things like um, you know, not making the user feel sick if you're mm. talking about VR. But, yeah. but even that could be used. That could be utilized, couldn't it? Yeah, you could utilize that as a consequence of, of a wrong move yeah. in the safety scenario that you're just outlining. But um, when you're talking about gloves and so on, it all gets a bit, it slows down. The, ex mm -hmm. the exponential rate of change is like a wave. I always use this analogy at my events, right? Breaking on a beach. So the swell's coming. Mm -hmm. All right, the eight kilometer stretch of beach will get covered, mm -hmm. but different parts of it are going to get covered at different times. So we're going to surge forward in terms of imaging, but the haptics is going to take time. Mm. You know, because it doesn't matter how much you miniaturize a glove, for it to be effective, it's probably going to have to have a certain physical weight and size, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if ultimately, though, and in fact, I don't even wonder, there's no question, it will be about accessing parts of our perceptual system yeah. mm -hmm. and stimulating uh, senses that aren't physical but feel physical. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that's with, you know, haptic body packs is a bit different because you can feel pressure and things like, you know, bullets in a shooting game or whatever. But when it comes to gloves, that's a very, very different thing because the resolution of those to match, like, even close to the number of nerve endings you have in your fingers 
and like the amount of tactility you get by touching an object yeah that i think is a while off and that is a prohibitive thing so i think there's a difference between almost a type of haptics as well so gloves are one thing because your your fingers especially ends of your fingers are so sensitive yeah versus like your torso that but i think some will accelerate better you know we join the dots don't we in the same way that we you know that the sort of neuroplasticity it's called isn't it yeah and and i you know sometimes you don't have to do very much mm. to for you if you know the context mm. for a game to elicit a physical response like yeah. like a rumble pack mm-hmm. I mean, that's an 80s reference yes, yeah n64 <laughs> isn't it n64 well, i remember the yeah the n64 i was thinking that was a modern thing that's how old i am but <laughs> No, but I'm just saying that you can stimulate in gaming. You can you yeah. can stimulate a a, um, a very visceral response, a believable response, mm. an immersive impact with sometimes very subtle amounts of movement. Yeah, um, you know the controllers in um, HTC Vive, or even the Quest controllers. The uh, you know the, the 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 latest and greatest Have VR you solution. Completely like off topic. Well, on topic. But they kind feedback of is my point, and and it sometimes sorry you can feel like you're holding onto a cliffside, yeah. even though there's n- none of the complex. Yeah, uh, n- yeah, that's just nerve that. stimulation that you're referring to. Have you used the uh, the Valve Index yet? Yeah. So that's supposed to be really awesome when it comes to sort of you know controllers and feedback and all that kind of stuff. I haven't used one yet, so I'm just yeah, interested. It, yeah, I haven't used it enough. I used it okay. once in an arcade. Uh, arcade, U- arcade UK, arcade club okay. in Leeds. Right. Which you, if you're into retro gaming, you have to go. Why there? didn't we know about this? We were in Leeds like we, two we weeks ago. Oh, okay. oh my gosh, they've Good. got an original Pong in there. Wow. Have they? And they've got, um, and they they also have one floor of, of of very recent Japanese bonkers ones. Like you've got All some, right. like jockey a pig, and stuff. I mean it's just <laughs> okay. nuts. There's a shooting game as well. I know that you're a fan, Absolutely. James, of your shooting games, yeah. um, uh, like Virtua Cop and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the old school ones. And um, they've got one where you're inside a lift and the door opens and you shoot and the door closes again and you have to wait. <laughs> and it's really cool. Excellent. Wait, hang on, you're actually in a physical lift. Yeah, what was I talking uh, Yeah, but anyway, they have yeah. Valve Index and I tried it in there, but okay. only for one game. And I think it was Beat Saber, I can't remember. So it wasn't a game that was going to show off its, its, some yeah. of its tactile um, okay. innovation. But. I just, I think it's... The, I mean, if you think a few years ago, uh, the Oculus Rift was something that was announced on. Was it Kickstarter originally? I think it yeah. was. Yeah, it wasn't Rift. It was Oculus. That was just Oculus. That was it. Just yeah. Oculus. And then, kind of, you know, the the Facebook thing happened. But the rate of pace. Oh my god! And the rate of change since then. So they come out and they say, this year alone, they go, oh, we're getting, um, we, we, we're going to get, you're going to be able to tether it up to your main game, your your VR ready gaming PC, yeah. and turn what are. Uh, albeit very good mobile versions mm-hmm. of VR games and play the AAA version yeah. as you would do with a Rift mm. and all and just for the price of a sort of 50 quid cable yeah. they then say oh and, thing, and hand tracking and you're mm-hmm. like what and then they've just announced um, I'm pretty confident they've just announced AI like as in you can talk to your yeah. Oculus I, I need to just fact check that but it's incredible, but this yeah. is the nature of exponential growth. This is the thing; is it, it's real. It's yeah. getting quicker, folks. Like yeah. the um, there was a, an event we did about about eighteen months ago, maybe a couple of years ago, and we had an HP backpack there, and that is an experience. That's just you've seen one of those, right? Yeah, with it's a, like it's literally a backpack and with the, the VR helmet. Yeah, yeah. So you've yeah. got the whole so thing on your back. I've not used one. I've always wanted to have a play. They're which, really, which really cool. You to Wood Street. Yeah, 
That's mm. it. We did um we did like a, a walk the plank thing, you know, the the kind of demo experience mm. you have, and that yeah. was that was pretty nuts because there's no tethering, there's no nothing. It's, right. You know, you've got a whole gaming spec PC on your back. It's amazing how many people didn't want to step off that last <laughs> yeah, bit. Wasn't yeah, it? you yeah. still. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the application of that, even in a even in like a, a work environment, I'm desperately trying to relate it back to work, but I want to talk about gaming because this is going to be really <laughs> difficult. Um, but but the, 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 as you've said, and we've said in one of our other podcasts, which yeah. you ought to listen to, it's ever yeah, so good. What's absolutely. it called? Uh, we haven't got a title for it yet because we literally just recorded it, but it'll um, be on the be on the podcast. But th- those two worlds are not so dissimilar and the yeah. gamification it's a massive industry the right gamification of of, of business related yeah um you know apps and services yeah. is 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 now that's you know it's a normal part of, I, I of think our the work biggest, biggest part if you want to sort of slowly take it away from talking to my dead father to a more of a a business analogy i think training i think training is the biggest thing is, is to experience stuff that you yeah. you we I, th- I think the first one, the, the pilot, isn't it, in, in being able to sort of fly a plane and go into the plane, and yeah, yeah. real thing. But it's not much more from that. So what we're seeing is more and more applications coming down the line, and, and the way they deliver certain things around training and how training is 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 what making it more real. Mm. Yeah, instead of sticking people yeah. in the classroom. So I mean, it's interesting. I think we could probably have this conversation in six months, and, and the world would have moved on a hell of a so lot. You know what? You're period. right. There'll be another yeah. VR helmet. Yeah. There'll be some form of haptic feedback mm. potentially within the next six to mm. ten, six months to a year that that may be pertinent to this conversation. So here is my my personal wish and want, and this is probably quite modest in comparison to like all the crazy stuff you could do. What I want ultimately from AR, especially, is to come into work, chuck on a headset, mm. and have that as my working environment. Not because I want to not look at Jules because he sits quite close to me, but I have like, because nerd, I have like four monitors on my desk for productivity reasons. It's not just because I want loads of monitors. Don't I'm, make that face. I'm not saying any, don't make that face. Everybody else bona fide reasons why I need all those monitors and yeah. I have like different desktop spaces and stuff as well. It's convenient that it hides you. Technically running eight monitors, only four of them are physical though. But that takes up a lot of space. So that takes up like one and a half of these especially. But if you um, if you have uh, an AR headset on, you can effectively have virtual monitors and applications and stuff mm. all over the place, and still be able to see your colleagues and what's going on in the office. Can, can we pursue that? I think that would be a nice way to pull this to a close. You know, you've nailed yeah, a great concept there. What you know, so you, you get up and you go to work, yeah, and you get to work. Let's say for the first ten minutes, what do you want AR to give you? What's the experience, unmitigated by? when in time this is possible. I don't wind it back a bit. I don't even want to go to work. I want to slap an AR headset on. We'll talk about my colleagues and everything. Like. And be in work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you could do. Well, speaking as a home worker, the, the, the things that I miss are actually the human interaction. I miss going and making a coffee in the coffee room and talking to someone else within the business or the organisation or bumping into a customer and that kind of thing. Um, when you work from home, you have less of that um, kind of intimacy, I suppose, with, with, with other people. Um, and that would be you're going to move a desk good. away from me now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be good to, to be able to somehow have everybody else I work with somehow there and if I'm making a coffee in, in my kitchen I could, someone else is making a coffee and we can have that chat so it kind of like comes out of that and knows that I'm into a mode where I'm in social mode perhaps and then now I'm in, in, in work mode that's where I'm going I've, I've baffled it. no, <laughs> yeah, no, no not at all I, mean, I, I, I know what you mean I, I think um I think the need for for the physical um, and something that's measured philosophically as real Mm. will never will never not exist. Mm. You know that's why we love coffee shops, isn't it? And 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 they have all the all the kind of um, iconography of 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 
Like, like, for example, if you go to Starbucks, mm. it looks like the original Starbucks that I'm guessing they made in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. it's all the same styling and the wood same, and yeah, fonts yeah. and chalkboards and community yeah. notice boards. Yeah, it's yeah. what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and Absolutely. the way that you have the glasses are like the glasses that you had at school. That, that, that you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, those ones that stack up really easily. And yeah. these, <laughs> these, these are all things about being real and giving you a place in time and, and, and nostalgia because that's really visceral in a world that's increasingly digital. Mm. And the same could be said for the resurgence of interest in vinyl, which is, as you know, is not just a fad. It's a real thing mm-hmm. with people making billions of dollars of profit every year off that industry. Mm. It's a yeah. real thing. Um, and so I think as we move forward, what, what, what augmented reality is probably going to provide us, strangely enough, are those real experiences. So, yeah. so the idea of me talking to my dad is about me trying to recover a certain reality that I no longer have access to. Mm. Um, and maybe when you're working, you know, if you can't work in the, so you maybe you're going for three days a week, mm. but on the other days you might want to recreate that office at home mm. to give you a real sense of work and to delineate pleasure from work so that you're efficient yeah. and you yeah. get on with it. And you've yeah. also got a barrier between work and home life, which is yeah. quite an important thing to, to keep. So, yeah, on that note, I think we uh, we probably need to wrap up because otherwise we could go for hours. Unless, Jules, you've got any particular no, wants no, no, for no, no, AR or VR? No, so I just listening. I think it's really interesting. I think it's fascinating to see where we are. Mm. Yeah. It's more fascinating to see where we could be. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll oh, do another oh, one of these in a couple of years and uh, yeah. do a comparison to where we are now. So cool. Um, that's that for this episode then. So uh, thank you very much for listening and thank everybody for watching who is watching. Um, I was going to say the standard outro is if you'd like more information about any of the topics we've covered today, get in touch with your account <laughs> manager. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to call out our website, atama.tech, A-T-A-M-A dot T-E-C-H. If you want to talk to us about anything like this, not that we can sell you stuff that doesn't exist in the first place, uh, click the contact button in the top right-hand corner of the page. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank Cheers. you.